Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to another beautiful episode of the Guitar Knobs podcast. That's right. We're very excited to be here. We're very excited to be hanging out with each other, talking about things we love, such as... Uh, boutique builders of um, musical stuff. Yep. Things like guitars and amplifiers and Herdy-gurdies. pedals. And hurdy-gurdy no, makers. No, no. Yes. No. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk and, about the hurdy-gurdy uh, makers. What else, Jared? Oh, we like to talk about uh, educational things, like uh, what speakers <laughs> do I get? Yeah, you know, one hundred and one episodes. One hundred and one episodes. They're called. Yeah, I think. Yeah. What pickups do I get quick. for the thing? I don't. Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. And tonight we've got somebody super special on the line. Oh, hey, I'm Todd Novak. Or yeah. I'm Steve yeah. That's a good one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, nobody's done that. You don't talk enough <laughs> to be him. <laughs> he has been preparing for this. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going. It's going well, Steve. I'm just going to have to introduce you for you. Steve. Apparently. Yes. And uh, correct me if I get this wrong. Steve Demidash. Yeah, you got it right. All right. Not a long E, right? Not a long E. Some Perfect. people put the long E there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to. Well, I t- some t- people are like Demi-dash or Deem-dash. And Deem it's like, dash. no. Yeah. No. So we have Steve Demidash from Canada. Specifically where in Canada? Uh, Winnipeg, right in the middle. Winnipeg, right in the middle. Ooh, yeah, that's good. cold up there. Goodness sake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very We're kind of above Minneapolis. Yeah, I used oh, to live no. up there, oh, Minneapolis. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we probably waved at each other from uh, the Boundary Waters, maybe. Mm. Yeah, there's probably nothing in the way. There's no there's no scenery. No, none. Mm. No. <laughs> well, we're very excited to talk to you, Steve. You are well-revered in the pedal community. You've got two outstanding pedals out there that have garnered a lot of interest and high praise, and we can't wait to talk to you about those. We have them in front of us, although you folks out there can't see it, them, I should say, but you can go to Instagram and check them out readily. Where can they go to, Steve? Demidash Effects. Perfect. And that's E-F-F-E-C-T-S, not F-X. So go check out Instagram, find his wares so you can follow along the bouncing ball known as Tony with us. Boing. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited for this. We've got some a couple things to hit real quick. Uh, number one, we want to say a big fat thank you to Rode, Rode for providing our lovely Rodecaster Pro, this beautiful machine, on our table, mm. recording all of our sultry sounds. And It is more than just a pretty face. It really is. And um, also the Procaster microphone. Mm. Absolutely love these things. Mm. Hopefully, we sound pretty good. I think we sound pretty good. I think we sound very good. Yes. Uh, anything particular about these you want to mention there, Tony? Uh, no. No? Okay, great. No. I don't, right. I don't like the articulating arms anymore. I didn't think so. <laughs> they um, turned on him. You never, you never mentioned <laughs> got my finger all. caught in it. Uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, we also want to throw a big fat hello to Barefoot Buttons. Hello. They have been uh, supporting us for a little bit here, and uh, we like to support them as well. In general, we would just want to say, if you have not experienced a Barefoot Button on your pedals or on your pedal board, highly recommend it. You can get them in all kinds of colors, all kinds of sizes. They're easy to put on, and they're super helpful, especially in gig situations. I cannot stress that enough. It's fine if you are – it totally works if you're playing at home with your bare feet, but 
if you're gigging, this is really a, a clutch piece of gear uh, to help designate between pedals and make sure you're hitting that button on that effect at the right time and not screwing up. Have these actually been tested by bears? There might be. That's a good question. I bet you're the first one to ask that, never. Um, so, and also want to make sure that you, if you want to get these for a gift for somebody, which they do make actually really perfect gifts, like stocking stuffers oh, and stuff. We God, got holidays yes. coming up. Yes. Just make sure you purchase by the 18th of December for holiday delivery. And don't they do that lasery thingy too? They can. You can get custom stuff right on the top of it. Wow. It's pretty amazing. Uh, visit barefootbuttons.com and get free shipping over $15. In the U.S., um, get him a barefoot and but barefootbuttons.com. I can say that in one sentence. Barefootbuttons.com. I said it twice. Barefoot buttons, music for your soul. S O L E. All right, and uh, we also want to give a big shout out to uh, one of our new uh, patrons, Justin Jones. He he shared with us like some of the gear he's playing. I thought that was kind of cool, um, and because both of them, that gear that he's mentioning. Uh, our former guests. So we've got, he plays a Cower Banshee. So we just mm. had Doug Cower on. Oh, that was yeah. such a great episode. I love that got episode. got a great response from that. Uh, make sure you go check out that episode if you have not already heard it. And he plays that through his Benson Dizzy Bird. Well, there you go. Yeah, Benson making some mighty fine amps up in the Pacific Northwest there. Hey. And uh, yeah, those are featured on a lot of heavyweight players, you know? Yeah. Mighty good stuff. So thanks uh, to Justin Jones, A, for being a patron, B, B. an executive producer, and, uh, and just for being a general all-around good guy and guitar enthusiast. That's right. All right. We're going to get on to what's going on in this world, in our guitar world, this week. I might be a little punchy because I only got three hours of sleep last night and was working very, very hard, but bear with me, everybody. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so this week, Tony's going to lead us off, and then we're going to jump right in and find out what Steve's doing. Go ahead, Tony. Cool beans. Well, a week or two ago, we were talking about uh, I got tempted by the Eastwood clearance sale. Uh, who can't? And I picked up a really cool guitar. This was the... Um, Eastwood uh, Sidejack 300. So it's their take on the Moserite uh, 70s uh, Model 300 or 350 stereo, which is basically their take on a Telecaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, there is kind of a droopy Telecaster. It's kind of it's kind of got a droopy horn. Yeah, but that's okay. Droopy, <laughs> like Jerry. hello, folk. <laughs> <laughs> but I happy. wanted to mention two things about. It. So I've got the guitar. I'm real happy with it. I wanted to talk about customer service for one thing. Okay. Especially Eastwood's customer, specifically Eastwood's customer service. Is it good or bad? It's good. All right. So I I I I order this this item. It's on their Mm -hmm. clearance sale, and uh, I get a a a note back from their customer service person saying, "I think we're out of the black one. Would you like uh, one of the sunburst ones?" Mm -hmm. And uh, and they, they said, "Cancel that. We found the last black one." Mm-hmm. Well, little did I know that the last black one was sitting in a warehouse in Liverpool, England. Whoa. Now, this is where it gets crazy. And I, I, I sent an email to, to Mike Robinson from, uh, from Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Also a former guest on the show. A former guest in another great episode. Yeah. And um, so I see that this guitar is going to, they said, they gave me the tracking information. And they said it will be delivered the next day. To Columbus, what? Ohio, 
This is the craziest thing in the world. So I, I said, no, they, they, this I mean, if it was coming out of Chicago, which uh, one of the, the big companies up sure. there does their sure. distribution, I could say, yeah, no problem. This thing literally was loaded on a jet. And the next day, I tracked it. It followed it. It landed in, uh, in Memphis. Did I they think. airdrop it? I don't know how they do it. Dang. But anyhow, so the, the thing was, you know, they could have said, well, we're out of stock. We're not going to do it. Instead, they shipped the guitar from Liverpool, England mm-hmm. to the United States overnight. That's insane. Mike's got some pull, man. Holy I, and that's why I said he must have one hell of a deal with, with FedEx to do that. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing I want to mention, so and I'm very happy Tom with Hanks. the guitar. <laughs> he must know Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> yes, Wilson. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. <laughs> so I get the guitar, and I think it's going to be a standard Telecaster size. It's actually a little bit wider, and I guess I should have known better. <laughs> Wilson! I'm sorry. sorry. Can't get over it. Okay, I'm good. So it turns out I need a case that would fit like a Jazzmaster or a Jaguar, a wider body. Mm -hmm. So I did a quick search, and I I am just, I I don't normally order things from Guitar Fetish, but they have these cases, and it's a tooled uh, leather. I mean, it's vinyl leather, but it looks like tooled leather. It looks outstanding. It's it's an incredibly cool case, and they had a sale going, and even with shipping, it was under $100. For this case, and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful case. I mean, it looks like I don't know if you've seen some of the Paul Reed Smith tooled leather uh, cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks just like that. I mean, it's yeah. I figured out what would go perfectly with that. What's that? One of Henry Amplification's uh, tooled leather amps. Ooh. Seriously, that would look that that would be it. That would, that would be, be stunning. A beautiful pairing. So anyhow, that's that was my tip. I, I think even Jared, I, I, I brought the case into the to the uh, studio today. He says, oh, I need a couple of those. And I think you just ordered two of them, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I got two of them. Why not? All right. Yeah. So guitar fetish, you owe me a little commission. Yeah. And That's you right. know what? You get a tone snob uh, tooled leather pedal board to match it. Are you kidding me? Go to a gig with that with that trifecta? Oh, man. Your daughters probably love to go shopping with you. What does that mean? You're good at coordinating colors Oh, and thanks. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Does that have to do so with tooled leather? That's what hap- what, what's happened in my musical weird That's week, week. fantastic. Let's go over to Steve Demidash. Steve. How are you? Tell us what's going I'm on in your good. world. Okay. Well, going on in my world, I did save an owl the other day, so that was fun. An, an owl? Yeah. So I was walking my dog over. And my dog basically takes me where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you try going three different directions. And he doesn't want to go in either of them, so obviously he wants to go in the fourth. And so we do that at every corner. And so he leads me over to the field where he can run around without, you know, the leash on. And he leads me up to the soccer net, and he's sniffing at the thing, and I see there's an owl there. Oh, wow. Like, it's just wrapped up, and it looks like it's dead. And so he's sniffing it, and then I see its head move. It's like, oh, okay. So, you know, I called up my dad, and I was like, hey, can you come down here with, uh, you know, some, like, thick gloves and a pair of scissors. Yeah, you don't want to lose uh, your finger. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean... Those you know, talons are pretty... Talons in the beak. Yeah. Oh, with the so, beak. I forgot about the beak. Yeah. So, uh, you know, five, ten minutes later, he shows up, and another guy had come over because he saw... I guess he saw something moving around before I got there uh, and had came over while I was uh, there. And, you know, between the two of us, we were able to uh, cut the netting 
it was like all over. It was like around its wings and in between feathers and around its neck. Like it was like obviously like struggling a lot and just made itself, it made the situation worse for itself. So we were able to get it out. Uh, It took about 10 minutes and, you know, it went to fly away, but one wing was fine, but one wing couldn't extend all the way. So I'm guessing it was broken. Uh So I called 311, you know, information services and basically told them what the situation was. Uh, There was this injured owl here, got it out of a net. And they connected me to a couple different places that were closed for the day. This was Friday or Saturday. Um, But the third place was the city's animal services line. I'm not sure what the name is. But uh, somebody was able to come out and, you know, I waited with the owl for a couple hours till he got there. And because it was dark by that point, it was pretty cold. So it wouldn't be possible for him to see the owl in the dark. Uh, But he got there and, you know, I showed him where it was and he was able to kind of stun it by shining a flashlight in its eyes. And then he came over with his big net and kind of put it over top tucked it underneath, and then was able to carry it away. And then Al said, great, I just got cut out of a net. Now (laughs) I got another one on me. (laughs) Yeah, out of one net and into another. Oh, that's cool. Did did you follow up to see if, uh, I mean, do they have like an animal Uh, care hospital or something? I didn't think to do that. Yeah. That's cool, though. You you gave him a a fighting chance. Exactly. I I didn't really want to find out that, you know, they couldn't do anything and had to put him down or anything. Right. Hmm. Well, that's you know. an interesting story, man. Yeah. Uh, well, and just to ensure everybody, and we're going to get in deep into his other guitar stuff, but we appreciate hearing that story. That's kind of fun. That's a cool, that's a good story. Yeah, that you are the first one to tell an owl story probably on our, in 150 something episodes. First time I've ever seen an owl up close too. They're very cool, cool yeah. birds indeed. Yeah, uh, Jared. Oh, I had a great uh, guitar week. Um, so I've been kind of in this nostalgic mood, and I uh, kind of rekindled a really good friend of mine that I was in my first band with. I got to thinking, what did I have? Like, what equipment did I have when I was in my first band? And I had a mid-'70s Gibson SG Standard, which I loved. The thing was a workhorse. Uh, I also had a PV. I had the, the non-tube uh, solid-state version of the uh, PV. I think it was a combo, and it had the uh, phaser mm-hmm. on it. And I love that phaser. Was that an 80s amp? An 80s I think it was PV? early 80s, yeah. The silver sides? I don't remember. Okay. I think it did, yeah. Right. It had to, in the old logo. Yeah, the old, yeah. The old PV phasers are really nice. Yeah, had, yeah, that's what I had. It was a great amp. It, it was loud as heck. It was made in USA. I was happy with it at the time, you know? So I thought, what the heck? I'll just buy a new, another one. So I bought the tube version. I bought the... Um, and they were only a couple hundred bucks, usually. Mm-hmm. So I got a, I got me a, a PV Classic 212 tube VT. Dude, we both got those little... Yeah, with the... Uh, <laughs> you know, with the, I just wanted the face. Yeah. Nice. We so. need to. We need to. Actually, we can bring him into John's studio and put them together, and we can record something. You should plug them in back to back on the speaker output yeah, to see which one blows up first. Uh, that sounds pretty fun, man. So I haven't gotten it yet, but I should be get it by the end of the week. You gonna have Rob from uh, Mad Cow check it out? I don't know that it's. It's not even worth paying him to look it over. Right. If it mm, falls it apart, I'll just throw it away and get don't, another one for two hundred bucks. Throw it away. Just give it to me. I'll fix it. Right. Mm. I can do that. I'm just kidding. Awesome. 
Todd, what about you? Well, uh, speaking of uh, uh, John Finnell, uh, who is a former guest who runs Relay Recording down here, uh, we're going to be recording over there uh, for my band. And so I just went over and uh, brought him a couple pedals that I've uh, been playing around with. And um, we're just talking about, like, just kind of prepping, like, hey, what are we thinking about when we get into the studio? And it's I, I love talking to people who have to do, like, that kind of stuff and sort of the... Uh, either whether it's audio or the video or whatever they're doing and just kind of finding out, you know, we had an entire episode on this, like what should I prepare for Mm -hmm. uh, going into recording? And that was a one-on-one that we did. So make sure you go and check that out, everybody. So we were just talking about it. And one of the things I brought up was, (laughs) and he had a very uh, John way to answer this, but I I thought, hmm, when I'm playing live, I want to boost my mids so I can, you know, kind of be heard uh, and not get drowned out. We I've discussed that a couple times. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, yeah, so I'm bringing, you know, and I'm boosting the things. And I said, do you, is that something that I would do in the recording studio? Will that matter? Because I'm not trying to cut through to, you know, a PA system. Like, you can sort that out on the board. And he just looked at me and he goes, no, man, just play what you, <laughs> just do your sound and we'll start from there. I thought it was going to be much more complicated or much more guru-esque. I he, think you should plug straight into the board. <laughs> yeah, that'd be I a great idea. I think you should just yell your guitar parts. I could. <laughs> that would be sick. Da-da-da-da! Yeah. <laughs> yep. I might try that. That sounds fantastic. Uh, you could put your album. voice through pedals and everything. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's what I did, and it was super-duper fun. Cool. So, all right. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Steve Demidash of Demidash Effects, give us your four on the floor. <laughs> I'll start with okay, this Strymon Deco. That one I did not expect to like. Um, I originally had gotten a Boss MD500, the modulation one, and I uh, didn't really bond with it. So I returned it to Longham Naquaid and used the credit. Uh, you know, I had the credit, but they didn't really do cash back. So I was like, well, Okay, well, I was curious about the deco. I didn't really, you know, expect anything out of it. I figured I'd return it, you know, two weeks later. But I brought it home and oh, fell in love with it. It's awesome. It just has, I don't know, I play stereo when I'm at home just kind of messing around. And it is the most beautiful, like, split stage pedal on a pedal board. Preach. So, you know, where you go from mono to stereo. Because you can set it to wide stereo mode. And what that does is it lets you use the lag knob to set the um, delay of the right channel with respect to the left channel, where the left channel is basically your dry. And that's just, it's just amazing. Because, like, I mean, most um, stereo things play with the phase difference. So that gives you direct control over the actual phase difference itself. Yeah, it's beautiful. That and sounds I mean, awesome. Yeah, it has okay saturation stuff. Like, it's it's good, but that's not why I love it. You know, it's just that stereo... Uh, configurability. It's just amazing. I, we find that people who love the stereo really love the stereo. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. Uh, what do you have for number two? Number two, let's go with the 1981 DRV. I mean, Matt Hoops is an awesome guy, a good friend. And it's one of those pedals where it has a lot of hype around it, obviously. He's done a great job of marketing it. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, kind of like the Deco. 
it's like okay it's got a lot of hype you know it's gonna be okay an okay pedal that's being sold really well but and i know others have had this experience where they're still curious so you know they get one and it's like oh this has no right to be this good you know it's like you know the it's like based on a rat but it is not like a rat it almost sounds like you've extended the range of every single knob on it i don't know to me it sounds like a rat that has you know somebody played a guitar track with a rat and then a studio engineer has gone and cleaned that up and made it sound really polished and that is the sound of the pedal. Well, that one definitely has a lot of, of hype around it, and uh, apparently for good reason. I mean, people speak pretty highly of it. Yeah, yeah. You don't expect to be as good as it is since there's so much hype. Like, it's like, that can't be that good. And you get it, it's like, okay, it, it is that good. <laughs> but that's a yeah. good surprise to get. It's like, there's nothing worse than going oh, like, absolutely. oh, man, I can't wait to get this. And you get it, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody's had that happen once or twice. Yeah, it happens. But uh, sounds like you got a winner, and that's cool. What about number three? Yeah, absolutely. Number three, let's go with the Chase Plus Therme. Oh, boy. Yeah. Got I mean, some time on your hand? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think it is an absolute marvel of engineering. It, it I don't understand it. Like, <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> like, I mean, but it's... It's an area where, you know, I do understand how things work generally in, you know, bucket brigade stuff and the physics of that. But the amount of work and ingenuity that went into actually creating the processing, like the the code that runs what's on it, mm-hmm. just blows my mind. It's, it, I don't understand why Joel did it because it seems like such a headache. <laughs> Yeah. So I got mine in a trade with Joel, actually. Nice. Yeah. Um, same with the DRV, uh, come to think of it. Uh, both those, I traded a couple pedals. You know, like we were mutually like respected each other's work. Sure. And so I met Joel in uh, at NAM in July. Uh, ran into him there and we got to talking and... You know, uh, we kind of like followed each other on Instagram, but I'd never spoken in person. So that was a good chance to meet. And then we realized we were both going to Montreal for the Sonora Festival in September. So we were like, hey, let's do a pedal trade, you know, when we're there. That's cool. Yeah. So I traded him a couple of like a T120 standard, a T120 deluxe and a uh, 112. And he traded me a Condor and a Thermae. That's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I think we were both very happy with what we got. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, the the Thermae's got, it's been on the four on the floor uh, pretty much kind of regularly since it came out. That one, and also the Warp Vinyl, those two have, have made it to quite a four four on the floors. Yeah, I was going to say like the Condor or between the Condor and Thermae, both are kind of equal for me there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what do you got for number four? Uh, Spaceman Spocknet. Okay, yeah. Another another, just pff, amazing circuit. Spaceman so. Sputnik. Yeah, yeah. Sputnik 2 specifically. Okay, Sputnik 2. Spaceman Sputnik 2. Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, it is just a phenomenal circuit. Uh, Zach from Spaceman's kind of a mysterious figure. I don't know anything about him. Um, but, you know, he does a lot to hide the traces of his circuits, but... They end up getting traced anyway, which uh, there is, you know, that's a complicated um, topic. Mm. Uh, the 
the fact that like he doesn't sell the Sputniks anymore mm-hmm. makes me feel less guilty about looking at the schematics for them, I guess. <laughs> but they're absolutely <laughs> incredibly valuable for educational purposes because he has some amazing he does some amazing things. We have tried to get him on the show in the past, and um, it, it was like, mm-hmm, yeah, all right, yeah. And that was as far as it went. So <laughs> just in yeah. case anybody is like, why don't you get him on the show? Yeah, he's a very mysterious figure. Like, I don't know, he doesn't put himself out there a lot. No. Well, his pedals yeah. are doing the talking, so. And they're cool looking, too. Yeah. So, yeah, when I first uh, was getting started, I was just making modified clones and stuff. You know, nothing wasn't trying to make a popular company when I first started. But uh, one of the things I was doing was, you know, I was just making uh, Sputnik 2 clones. And, oh, man, they're just, they're amazing. I, I, I cut that out as soon as I started getting more popular because I didn't want to step on any toes or anything. But, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I finally got, you know, dished out for a Sputnik 1, like one of the originals. Had to pay an arm and a leg, but, you know, kind of wanted just to actually have one. It's just great. I like the idea of having that, especially like first runs or early first runs. It's kind of like any collectible things like wine or books or uh, cars or anything like that, or even guitars. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, it's it's neat to have some of the first ones that are out. Yeah, you know, just there's a little extra specialness to that. Yeah, I, I definitely have a thing about like getting the original things, especially if they inspired a lot of knockoffs mm-hmm. or like you know. So I mean, that's not really the case with that, but. So like you know, I, I kind of want to get a, a centaur. It's a lot of money though, so I haven't. But it'd t- totally be a flex to get one. But just kind of want to get one. But <laughs> I've got uh, like an RE two hundred one, one of the tape echoes. Mm-hmm. I've got one of those old magnetone amps that has the pitch vibrato like built into the amp, made in the fifties. Oh, 50s. neat! Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, I uh, recently got an oil candle. Eh? It needs a bit of work though. An oil? Oh, the, oh yeah. The oil yeah. panel, yeah. yeah. Like, it actually has, you know, a can of oil, and it's the um, side of the can that's spinning that, you know, gets charged and retains the echo, Yeah, basically. That's yeah. wild, man. Yeah, I haven't got it working quite yet, but, you know, it's I do have it. Is that something that you that you seek out with other builders specifically, or you just hope to find them? Um, I don't go out of my way to seek them, really. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like, you know, if I'll have my eye out for something and, you know, if it comes up at a price I can, you know, uh, not feel too guilty about, then yeah, yeah, I'll jump at it. Hmm. That's awesome. Uh, you know, yeah. um, just out of curiosity, I think, well, I know that when you mentioned the Sputnik, we kind of checked phones really quick. So... Spaceman Sputnik Black 2010, $930. Yeah. What? Yeah, they're not. Well, they didn't make many of them, and they weren't too cheap to start with. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where, you know, the gear market just goes stupid about it. Yeah, and for sure. Now, if you got yeah. a red one, too, that's that's pretty rare. Yeah. So I just have uh, the Sputnik 1. It's in gray. Uh-huh. You know, um, so it would, I don't know. It was about like 800 Canadian which, yeah, I mean, it's not cheap. I think wow. that's about 600 US. Golly. It, it was totally a flex to get it. Though, yeah, so. but hey, but yeah. you know what? The thing is, is like, that is one of those things that, that is going to fulfill your needs and you're able to do it, good on you. Do it. So, uh, speaking of, of pedals, 
Uh, thank you for your four on the floor. That was pretty pretty sweet. Uh, we got a couple new ones. We got a couple a one. familiar ones. Yeah. Um, looking forward to sharing that out. Make sure everybody that you check our Instagram and other things on on Facebook and stuff for the four on the floor blog post that we do and lists out all the things about these pedals and gives you a link to go purchase them your own self. Uh, and we've got, I think personally, the neatest thing about that is if you look at the four on the floor section of the website, it's literally every, who's who of the pedal and guitar and amp world. This is their, this is the thing that they love. Like these are my, these are my favorite pedals. All right. We are here with Steve Demidash of Winnipeg, Canada, who is the purveyor of Demidash effects. And he's got two pedals out right now. I think it's just the two, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So I'm holding in my hand the 112 Plus Drive Channel. Yeah. And then uh, I've got the T120 Videotape Echo Deluxe. Uh, they work better when they're on the floor, though. That, that is true. Yes. This yeah. is difficult to play and hold at the same time. Don't it try is. this at home. It is slightly too big to use as a pick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Might, might be able to. Jared could. His hands are huge. Uh, so the uh, T120 has been discussed many times on the show. It's made it to uh, four oh, yeah. on the floor. It's one of those that I think other builders look at and go like, yep, that pedal. That is a special pedal. Um, and that is a special builder. So you've got that going for you. So keep it up. <laughs> yeah, I guess it means what depends on what they mean by special, but yeah. Yeah. special, special in a good way, revered even. Uh, um, we, you know, when we posted up on on Instagram, like immediately, someone said the man. So there you uh, go. I get nervous when people start looking at me like a role model. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I believe you have a background in electronics. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have a degree in electrical engineering from the University of Manitoba. Well, perfect. What does that degree enable you to do in real non-guitar building, pedal building life? Um, it uh, enables me to apply to jobs that require a degree in electrical engineering. <laughs> perfect answer. Mm. Just like an electrical engineer. What, uh, what made you pursue that? Uh, originally, because I wanted to know how amplifiers worked. Really? Well, yeah, well, okay, mixture of that. And uh, I decided um, engineering seemed like a fairly promising career path, like as far as education went. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, in my first year in university, I did sociology, philosophy, you know, the the liberal arts. Mm -hmm. I'm from, an, you know, uh, a family of artists. My parents both worked at the Manitoba Theater Center for their careers. Oh, wow. Uh, doing props. And so, you know, I was in the art major program in high school, um, you know, fairly okay at, you know, drawing stuff. It would be a lot better if I practiced, but, you know, I have fairly good natural gift for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I was more in naturally inclined towards that direction, but I kind of recognized that there wasn't anything I particularly wanted to do along those lines professionally, because it all seemed like it would just get stale fairly mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to commit to anything on, along those lines. So after high school, you know, I moved uh, to Banff, Alberta for a few years, snowboarded, came back uh, after a couple of years, took a few courses at the University of Winnipeg in the humanities after a year of that. It's like, okay, I should actually, you know, pick a path now. Mm -hmm. And engineering seemed like a good choice. And then after a year of that, when it came time to pick a discipline in engineering, it's like, yeah, electrical. I can learn how ramps work. Yeah. 
So you were a player before that then? Oh, yeah. I've been playing since I was in sixth grade, since I was 10 years old. Wow. What, uh, what got you started there? Uh, the Offspring. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was big into The Offspring uh, when I was quite young, actually. So um, I don't know. Specifically, it was the intro guitar riff in The Kids Aren't All Right. That made me want to learn to play guitar. I was like, I want to be able to play that. See, mm-hmm. I like that you can identify that. Um, th- that I, th- I can identify mine. We've talked about that kind of before, and it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just kind of nice to hear like when people can say, "Yep, it's that," and that made me do the thing that now I've. You can draw the, you know, connect all the dots to where you are right now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to know that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so you started playing that. What was your first guitar? Um, a Fender Squire. Like, you know, one of those just black uh, Fender, like Stratocaster lookalikes with the white pickguard. Yep. And yep. and a PV, I think it's called a Rage 50. Oh, my. Oh, yes, oh, the Rage. One, yeah, like very, very not nice little amplifier. Right, right. <laughs> too many, too yes. many knobs on a tiny little... W- wonderful, wonderful distortions yeah. aside on that. Oh, button. God. Yeah. <laughs> Has a switch, just press. Yes. Overdrive. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so you start playing that and now is that one of those things where you quickly got, got like a, a gear kind of the desire or? Oh no, absolutely not. No. Um, I played, you know, electric guitar, not very seriously until about ninth grade or so. So about three years of kind of like, you know, kind of dicking around with it. Mm-hmm. And then I got into more, you know, I listened to punk from when I was really young to about high school. And then I started getting to metal and kind of, you know, learning, you know, like Iron Maiden, Metallica stuff. And it's like, sure. okay, this, this is fun. Um, but never really got into effects or gear or anything. Um, you know, after high school, I played uh, acoustic because I was, you know, living out in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only... Uh, when I got into university and I had this whole backlog of songs that I'd written and I figured out how to use GarageBand yeah, and you kind of wanted a bigger arsenal of sounds for the electric guitar parts. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, picked up a few pedals just on the cheap and kind of wanted different amp sounds, but didn't, you know, as a student, I couldn't afford, you know, even nice pedals, let alone amps. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Hey, well, you know, I, halfway through my electrical engineering degree, I should see if I can't build pedals. So I started doing that and was very bad at it for a while, for quite a few years. Was that very kind of frustrating indeed. as a person who is uh, inclined to electrical leanness? Uh, the thing is, I wouldn't say I'm all that inclined to electrical leanness. Like, or I wasn't at the time. Huh. I, I was very much like, you know, I had the, you know, the book learning kind of side of it. Uh, down, you know, the course study, but as far as like practical electronics and making a circuit go and soldering, I, you know, that was my introduction to it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So very, and, and that's the thing. I mean, like having an electrical engineering background, yes, it does help um, understand things when you're going into trying to understand how a circuit works, maybe why you're, you're troubleshooting an issue. Mm-hmm. You can kind of visualize what's going on a bit more and what how it works when it is working versus what it's doing and why this might be, you know, the symptom, like mm-hmm. what's causing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot, a lot of self-study is still required because modern electrical engineering is so moved beyond what 
the technology that what used to be used in amps and still is perpetuated in pedals and stuff. Right. You know? Right. You know, most stuff now, um, cutting edge technology, all DSP. Mm. So, you know, a lot of self-study. And, and can, can, you, can you explain DSP for those who um, are, um, uh, you know. Oh, digital signal processing. So, you know, you've got a microcontroller uh, rapidly taking voltage samples of a waveform coming in, you know, at its input pin. And it stores that value between, you know, it digitizes, say, um, it's scaled, a waveform is scaled between zero and five volts, and it splits that up into, say, uh, however many uh, thousands of, you know, stages. So, you know, very small differences can be detected, stores those, um, manipulates them in some way, uh, you know, applies an algorithm, say, to filter out the hiss or the high frequency, or maybe filter out a low frequency thing. Uh, you can pitch shift, you can do any number of things before you um, output the manipulated uh, samples to reconstruct the waveform, then get smoothed out by a smoothing filter, and basically you get a perfect uh, representation of the waveform as it went in, plus any manipulation you've done to it. Golly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's... I mean, and you can use the same like hardware circuitry to do... Uh, gigantic number of different things which is a huge benefit right and and you're you're so essentially you're designing if i may make this sort of the the sort of idiot's guide to understanding that and the difference between not dsp dsp you're creating the circuits uh in the computer yeah not it's on not a even, breadboard well basically i mean you still need the hardware there like you need the computer the computer needs to interface with stuff there's still like analog stuff going on right but um the the dividing line is the fact that the if the signal is digitally sampled and then digitally reconstructed mm -hmm. um dsp has occurred basically whereas in something like analog you'll use an analog operational amplifier transistor or something you and never at any point is it digitized but yeah so um with dsp the manipulation is not um, due to the setup of the analogs stuff, due to the what the code has done to manipulate the sample levels. I don't personally have anything that's done with DSP. I'm okay. just kind of clarifying that all modern engineering is DSP. I see. I understand. Uh, okay. For audio engineering, at least, because, I mean, guitar players have some weird aversion to it, but hmm. it, same with surface mount. It's like, guys, surface mount, was invented in the 80s. There's a good chance it was like everything you've ever heard music on has been through surface mount stuff. You have, it's like, why are you avoiding it? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talked about that with Zach from uh, Mythos. I and mean, we, we did a whole episode uh, sort of based on some of the myths and uh, misconceptions on um, uh, with electronics and pedals. And that oh, was yeah, one of the painful. main topics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the misconceptions are painful because, like, ugh, this is so obviously untrue. Yeah, we have those misconceptions in the pickup world too. I have to deal with them every day when I talk to people. Oh, yeah. But you know, I I find being transparent about it is just the best way to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Same here. Uh, now we have these. We have them open because you know, the, as you're talking about this, we love listening to smart people talk, and you qualify. So we open these up, <laughs> and I I appreciate what you wrote on the back of these. I think this is pretty clever. Um, you wrote a quote from a book. Did I tell you to stuff it? 
<laughs> uh, one says, because he needed a friend so desperately, he never found one. From Joseph Heller in Catch-22. Amazing. And then the other one says, it'll help your attitude to look for evidence of design. David Foster Wallace, Infinite Jest. So you <laughs> like reading, huh? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, those awesome. are two, uh, two of my favorite books. So. That's fantastic. I love that. That's really fun. Because yeah. that's, the, that's the personal... We talk about this all the time. You've heard me say it before. That is, the, that is the fingerprint of the maker. This is the stuff that we love. I love opening the back and going, ha-ha, there's, there's evidence of you in this. And that's really cool. Well, and when it's handwritten, it just means all the more. Yeah. Whether it's a doodle or whatever, or um, yeah. we got one from Low Designs, and and uh, it it's on the back. It just says, "Hello, my name is," and and that's how she signed it. And I was like, "That's really fun." You have yeah. the opportunity to make a connection with the person who's reaching out, saying, "I want the thing that you make," and I applaud those who just do a little something. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, those quotes. I I, I really like doing them, and I've had a lot of people say it's like. I, it doesn't that take a lot of time like you know like you should probably stop it's like yeah at some point i probably will stop but for now i really like doing that no you're not gonna stop you like doing it too much uh, it's it's a lot of work with how many i make yeah well we we do appreciate it and now anybody uh, that is looking hopefully if you own one of these i mean for pete's sakes look at it on the inside be be amazed be wowed um, for Pete's sakes, also don't touch anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't drop a magnet in yeah, there. Don't, or a don't, hammer. Uh, just look at it. Just look at it. Admire yeah. it. Yes. Take a yeah. picture of it. Carry it in your wallet. You know. If you it. ever lose it, you can show it to the police and be like, "Hey, this mm-hmm. see proof." <laughs> um, that's really fun, man. Um, now, when you start after you started getting going in your in this, and you started getting the hang of it. Uh, where did your sort of druthers take you? How do you, we're, we're trying to build a path to where you're at right now. Okay, so w- what happened was, you know, I did my uh, recordings of those songs and stuff and kind of went on with my life. You know, I finished my degree. I got a job at a General Electric Transportation subsidiary here in Winnipeg um, and, you know, was writing software to uh, test computational things that went on freight trains. Wow. And... You know, like it was, it was good and uh, it was fun. That's the second freight train reference we've had in in nearly a month. Was with John Esterly? Oh. He's a he he drives freight trains. He's an engineer. Oh, I He's thought it was gonna be Elizabeth Cotton. <laughs> you know the song "Freight Train." Yeah, I, yeah, it's different. But we have two freight train engineers that are different kinds of engineers. That's yeah, amazing. He and I have talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's super fun. Uh, yeah. So before I so rudely interrupted, please go on. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was doing that and, um, you know, I kind of, you know, stopped with the music for a while and then I picked it up again. Uh, what happened was I got a, one of the Montreal Assembly Count to Fives mm-hmm. and it was kind of like pretty blown away by it. It was like, this doesn't fit into any category that I think of as an effect, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not a, it it is a delay, but it's not, and just I don't know that that really like reignited my interest in effects in general, rather than you know like effects as effects, rather than effects as textures or just you know additional things that you put on top of your guitar to make it sound different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like okay, this kind of changes my perspective of what effects can be. Yeah, and so I started, you know, I then I got a Chase Plus Warped Vinyl, 
and uh, a couple others. And, you know, just kind of like, I'm really interested in what these some of these smaller guys are, are doing because I only ever really looked at the bigger companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they make what's marketable. But where smaller guys are seem, you know, as, well, I know now, uh, but I kind of had the inkling back then. It was like, smaller guys seem to kind of do these neat things. And, you know, if they sell, they sell. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. But they're more interested in their vision. So it's kind of like the auteur kind of vision of directors. You totally. Know? Uh, so it's kind of like you're buying into their idea of what they want to make. So I, I really thought that was cool. That was something I hadn't really thought about or seen before. So I started doing that. And obviously, this is expensive to do, buying all these pedals. So I was like, okay, I was still paying off my student loans at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well... You know, I could start making pedals again. You know, I had gotten okay at it after a couple of years. And, you know, I'd sold a few on Kijiji, which is like Canadian Craigslist. And But, you know, it was like, whatever, not a big thing. But I figured, you know, at this point, I was like, yeah, you know, I could do that again. I started uh, posting the things I was making on Reverb. And, you know, I made a few bucks here, a few bucks there, and it was good. You know, I was just making enough to make a few... Uh, ill-informed and probably poor decisions as far as buying loop, you know, expensive gear goes. Mm-hmm. And then I blew a tire one day uh, and I had to stop in at the nearest garage. And, you know, I was waiting there. It was a few hours. And while I was there, I pulled up my old Instagram app, your Instagram account that I hadn't used in like three or four or five years. And started posting pictures of the stuff I was doing, you know, with the pedals. <laughs> and kind of changed it to Demodash effects. And I was like, yeah, why not? And I figured out how to use water slide decals to apply graphics so that I could design them on the computer. Because mm-hmm. while I was in university, I ran the Humor magazine and did all the graphic design for it as well. Uh, so, you know, I learned to use Adobe, Adobe Illustrator and stuff like that. So I started doing graphic design for my pedals. And for each pedal, I'd make a different design. The idea being that, hey, if this ever goes anywhere, uh, I can have a backlog of designs to choose from. So basically, posting, I had a place to post pictures of these pedals. I had kind of like, was having fun just making different graphics and seeing how people responded to them, like what people really liked or commented on or, you know, whatever, kind of using it as a critique system of getting, uh, you know, seeing what people responded to, basically. And yeah, so... I did that for about, I started doing that in May 2018. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a year and a half or so. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it doesn't That's really make remarkable. sense. I'm aware of this. Yeah. No, wow. I know. And the thing is, I didn't, like, I wasn't trying to get popular. It didn't mean for it to happen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm saying sorry out of obligation. I'm Canadian. But yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Man. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah. Um, anyway, where was I before so, you stopped me? So you're, you're so rude. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a jerk. Tell uh, me about it. Now, so you, you're, you go from like, hey, yeah, I'm just kind of making a couple clone things here and da 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 to now we're sitting in front of the T120, a revered uh, pedal, as well as the 112 Plus. Also, a highly revered pedal from builders. So you're, it's not like, you know, this spread like wildfire outside. It was like sort of the, from a builder centric community outwards. I think 
those are what something that we find really interesting. There are a couple key people in the industry that tend that seem to have that sort of ness uh, about them. And I'm very curious how you went from doing a couple clones to doing like a full blown like insane T120 and 112 plus. Okay, so the first T120 ever uh, was a just modified Keeley Mag Echo. Um, yeah, nothing too special. Uh, and then somebody wanted, uh, saw the picture of it and was like, I want one. It's like, I'm not going to make two clones of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so <laughs> that's ironic. Give me a while. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, I, I just don't feel comfortable. Like, I, I never really felt comfortable with the clones. Yeah. I feel kind of, felt kind of weird about it. I still kind of feel weird about it. I get it. But, you know, it's like in that position where you're an unknown quantity, you're using the name of the pedal you're cloning mm-hmm. as the selling point. You're not using your own name as a selling point. Well, and you got to so, start somewhere. And, you know, if you want to sell it, you're, that's how you do it. Um, so f- for me, that was, you know, it's like I, I could have tried making original circuits. You know, I could have made a few original things, but there would be absolutely no selling point. Nobody would buy them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an unknown quantity. Sure. So I did. So, um, yeah. So I started uh, making changes to that Mag Echo. Uh, and... Uh, eventually, you know, when it got, by I think the fourth or fifth one, it was a completely different thing. Just like, and it continued to change over time and to the point where it's just unidentifiable. Like, you know, there are some of the same elements, like there's a PT2399 uh, chip in there, but it's been redesigned over and over. I was going to say that. identify that just by playing it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I thought yeah, that would be so. Too basically, that that was the origin of that one. Uh, it's its own thing now, but yeah, that's how it started. Wow. Now yeah. that's also very specific because you picked out um, something that is familiar. It, it, it's it's fun because it's also a bit of irony. You're looking at a pedal that looks just like a videotape, which I th- you know that's very clever, and I think people well, really responded. The, okay, to that. so the actual idea for it yeah. and uh, was I had the graphic idea first. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I want to make something that sounds like this looks. Mm-hmm. So so I took like the Mag Echo and just kept trying to find ways to make it sound more and more like a videotape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was my whole goal over time. And so by the time um, I figured out how to do PCB layout, it was a completely different circuit. I think that was by, I did uh, PCB layouts by unit 20 or so. And so by that time, yeah, it's a completely different thing. And I've got um, the PT2399 stage sounding really like clear and crisp, but then I absolutely garble it afterwards. Mm. So that's what I was doing there. And, you know, kind of just playing with different ways of getting it to sound like VHS. Yeah, so it's fun. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I got a big kick when we opened up the package. Uh, my, uh, I ran and it was like, I was, I was like, show my kids, like, you know, get them involved and then like, I'm like, check this thing out. And they're like, wow, what? Is that a tape? What? Is, what? Well, how about the uh, the actual videotape as part of the packaging? Yeah, that's that's pretty clutch. <laughs> Opening the box and seeing an actual videotape in there, is, that's yeah. pretty neat. Nicely done. Uh, yeah. The, the guy who helped me with my logo, he suggested that. And yeah, absolutely great idea. Yeah, very, very clever. Uh, now, what is on those tapes? Um, you don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) okay on the t120 
I, I want to. It's great that it's it's cool and it's fun and everything, but it does very unique and special things. Can you just cover a couple of those for those who might actually be wanting to go like, hey, get on with it. Let me tell me what it does so I can buy one. Okay, so there's two versions. There's the like standard classic or whatever you want to call it. It's got the one foot switch, mm-hmm. and you know that's the original one, and it's just sounding like a videotape. So you can have the echo really short uh, so that it's, you know, just sitting on top of your dry playing, but then add in some uh, wobble on it, some modulation, and have it sound like a chorus. Or say, turn all the dry down by turning, you know, the echo knob all the way up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mix out the dry uh, and have it act as a vibrato. Um, You can destroy the frequency spectrum by turning down tape quality. What that does is it's suppressing the highs and the lows at the output of the delay line so that it's just compressing everything into the mid-range. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is that it does that on every repeat. So as the repeats go around, they get more and more degraded. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of image I had in my head for this was watching an old, like old 70s wedding video where, you know, you can distinguish that people are talking, but the tape's so old and worn out that you can't hear the words they're saying. I That's basically what I want it to sound like. I have an idea, and I'm just, you know, it's sort of challenged. I think you could repackage this and call it uh, Drunk Tony. What do you mean, right? <laughs> That's pretty good and realistic. <laughs> uh, okay. Years of experience. Yeah, I, I apologize. I, there I go, interrupting again. Couldn't resist. Uh, please continue. Okay, so yeah, that's the um, that's the T120. You know, you've got your standard delay controls like echo, mix, repeat, right? Um, delay time, whatever you want to call them, uh, and then your modulation controls, and then your uh, spectrum. Uh, control or, or tone or whatever you want to call it. it it's not really a tone control because it does something funny, mm-hmm. but basically works as a tone control. Uh, and then the deluxe is, I kept getting uh, people asking for like a mod to it or this mod to it. It's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. I'm just going to make a second one that so you can choose between this one and this one. So I spent a few months like f- trying to d- develop this thing uh, that would have all these different things inside of it. You know, plus a few things that people wouldn't really expect, but that would be kind of cool additions. So the Deluxe has the two foot switches. One is, and they're both soft switches versus the standard one, which is, you know, your hard latching switch. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Deluxe, so you've got the engage, disengage. uh, You can disengage it, and it has echo trails. So, you know, you play something, and then you turn it off, and then they kind of, you know, decay out, which is nice. Yeah. And then the echo switch, which... What it does is it basically throttles the feedback loop of the delay so that each time the echo comes back around, it's louder than before. So it swells up in volume. So it's called I call it the swell switch. Mm-hmm. And the really, really fun thing about it is it can be used in bypass mode. So you can have the pedal off. <gasps> what? Yeah. I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. It's awesome. And so when I was in Montreal for Sonore, you know, they assign each person a 30-minute slot to have their stuff demoed and then give a list of musicians that'll be there and you can get in touch with them and hire one. So the guy I hired, uh, you know, he was doing this awesome thing that I didn't even think of uh, when I was developing it or until that moment, which was he had it in bypass and he was using it like, okay, so like think of like a wah pedal where you kind of pump it on the quarter notes. 
he was doing that uh, with the swell switch. And so it wasn't swelling up. It was just momentarily opening the delay line. So you'd get these like rhythmic pulse decay, I'm pulse so decay. Right <laughs> it was so cool. And yeah, so um, that, and I guess the setting of the intensity knob, which is like the feedback control, mm-hmm. uh, sets how long it'll take decay out because you switch over to, you know, internal setting for how much is going through. And then you switch back to that knob when you release. Holy yeah. macro. I cannot wait to try that. That sounds yeah. amazing. And then, I mean, it'll take, yeah, basically all the knobs are pretty much active when you, even when you do the momentary engage stuff. So, <laughs> you know, your the time setting will, the, you know, will determine how long it takes to swell up because time between echoes, stuff wow. like that. That is so cool. Yeah, another fun thing is uh, holding it down and then playing with the time knob. You just get some weird sounds. Neato. I'm yeah. really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, we have another exciting pedal in front of us. This is the 112 Plus. Yeah. Let it rip. Oh, this, I, I love it. It's awesome. It's, it's just balls to the wall. Like, it's not, it's not a heavy metal distortion pedal. My, my ideal, like, electric guitar sound is the Thin Lizzy Live album. So oh. that is kind of what I wanted it to sound like, but I wanted to do more. Obviously, um, I wanted it to be the ultimate stacking pedal. So it has a huge internal supply. I, I um, pump up the voltage internally to thirty-four volts rail to rail, so that you can like just you know put something really loud into it and it won't give. You can put it. You can destroy anything. Like just, you know, put it into something else and just really overdrive it. Mm-hmm. You can uh, use keys into it. No, no problem. Huge headroom, uh, so it can handle line uh, line level pretty well. And what I like doing is putting it at the end of the chain, uh, kind of before I split to stereo, and just bring everything up. Or mm-hmm. if I'm not playing stereo, just put it at the very end and just push the hell out of the amp. Because it's it goes incredibly loud. Yeah, the well, idea was you know I want it to be a clean boost, but I also want it to be a distortion. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tony and I were talking yeah. about this. Tony, you loved this one. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, this could actually be you know a preamp going into a power amp section. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. It could be. Yes. I mean, it, it was really. And when you say it, that it's hot, it is a hot circuit because. I usually try to test things on you know at unity gain, uh, you know engaging and disengaging, and I think level on this one was like at nine o'clock. So I mean, you still had a whole range of I mean that's oh yeah I mean well, I look I've got like a Dumble amp that I built mm-hmm. like you know clone that I built, and it reminds me of the one twelve because like I don't think I've ever had it played it with master above two yeah. So wow. it's like it's like the one twelve. It's like I whenever I take it to like trade shows, I have it on the table there, and level never goes above two or three. <laughs> and then the the other part that I liked about it was the three way voice switch. Oh yeah, that's that crazy, gives you it? just I mean just a lot of flexibility, and and especially if you play different guitars, you know humbuckers or yeah. single coils. I, I love yeah. that aspect, and the fact that you actually called that out in the in the instructions, I think is please. Please, people, if if and when you get one of these, no, if, when you get one of these, read the instructions because there's a lot going on here. They are deceivingly, um, I'm not going to say they're deceivingly simple, but they are, um, 
maybe deceivingly complex. I'm just going to flip that. Maybe if you can make sense of that, then cool. And if not, then sorry for you. Maybe they're simple. Oh, you can complex. see the manual on my website. Yeah, and it's on the website too. Yeah. I, I, I was filtering through that going like, okay, when I did the Instagram post, I actually you know, counted all the words you said. And said yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I have the directions right here in front of me. I think they're, you know, they're rather easy to follow. Yes, but it, it lets you know all the, the amazing things you could do with this. It is... It, it has so many possibilities for tone, for drive, and for actual like power pushing. It's it's a totally. I mean, oh yeah. Well, I I had a lot of trouble writing that manual because I'm coming at from at it from the like perspective of design, not from the perspective of a user. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was like, okay, how do I make this like? I put a lot of work into designing this to do exactly these things. Yeah. So how do I communicate that in terms of people will understand if they're trying to style these, in something? These are really, really nice manuals. It's beautiful. Thanks. Very well done. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, know, that's the that's the humor magazine training coming in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to be clear, just so we're referencing this, this is the one twelve plus, and you're this is re- uh, based off of the Dumble Drive. No. 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 No, it's not really based on anything. Um, it was originally going to be based on the Fender Princeton One Twelve Plus. Okay, uh, which is a, a '90s, early '90s, I think nineteen ninety two solid state amp mm-hmm. um, that I owned in high school, and that I modified once and made sound amazing. Gotcha. But uh, I, you know, the first revision of the One Twelve Plus was basically that with uh, very little changed, and. I kind of realized uh, the whole tone stack made it perfect for 90s metal, but not much else. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and then I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I scrapped that and replaced it with an active EQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so that revision I got back and I was like, mm, I wish this worked better as a clean boost. Like, you know, it's kind of like quiet and then it's dirty. So... You know, scrap that, uh, scrap the input stage, replaced it with a booster stage, and kind of felt the same way about the next revision after that. So I added a booster, st- another booster stage after the um, gain stage and to bring the level up even higher. Jeez. And, you know, a f- you know, going around and around like this, being like, you know, get a revision, listen to it, be like, hmm, I wish I did this, mm. change it to the point where it's, it's not anything like what it was supposed to be based on in the first place anymore. But I, I like the name 112 Plus. It's cool. So It's cool. Yeah. It's a unique looking pedal. It's a unique sounding pedal. Um, and, uh, you know, if you are definitely looking for something on your pedal board that can do just about anything in the power and or drive section, um, we're looking at it right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird one for some people, I think, because they think it, they're expecting, like, just a normal overdrive. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it, it's an overdrive, but... It does a lot of stuff that most overdrives don't do. So unless you know that, you might kind of be like, "Hey, yeah, but why? You yeah, know, what's the point? Why another overdrive?" It's like, yeah. "Well, I didn't want to make another overdrive. I wanted to make something else." Yeah, you, know, you could have yeah. called it the "Yeah, but why?" That's kind of yeah, funny. but why? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but why? Yeah, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve, what what is uh, cooking for you in the near coming future that we can be aware of? Anything? Oh yeah, definitely. So I've been working on this one called uh, the Retro Harmonic for probably about a year now, off and on. You know, I have gotten kind of bogged down with, you know, building work 
due to popularity and stuff. Uh, so it's not an ongoing thing, but well, it's not. It is an ongoing thing, but it's kind of goes on the back burner every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get, um, I've got a dev board for it now. I'm trying to get that off the ground. So basically, what it's going to be is a stereo harmonic tremolo that has the LFOs generated by a microcontroller, and what it's going to do is, you know, a harmonic tremolo. It's like you've got your bass going up and your treble going down, and then mm-hmm. it swaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got both channels to do that. And then you, it's going to let you um, control the offset of the bass and treble uh, waveforms, LFO, so that you can overlap them and have it do normal tremolo. You can have them at 180 degrees, so they're completely offset, and do harmonic tremolo, or you can put them at 90 degrees or anywhere in between. That's pretty and, fun. And then for the right channel, it's got a knob that lets you do exactly the same thing. Like So you can have it so it's perfectly doing the same thing as the left channel, or you can change how much offset it is. Oh, I'm working on a chorus, too. But anyway. Oh, I'm working on a chorus. Okay. Tell us really quick about that. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about it. It's not necessarily for me. Okay. Yeah. But, you know. Ixnay on the chorus, Kay. Yeah. Well, it's it's really cool, though. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll talk talk a little bit about it. Okay, he's going to talk a little bit. It's basically like a tri-chorus. So you've got three chorus or three delay lines in parallel. And so, okay, split up a wavelength from 360 into three, you've got 120, right? So you offset each LFO by 120 degrees from the last one. And they all like go out of phase. So none of them ever lines up with the other and there's no zero crossings. So you've got these three delay lines being modulated out of phase with each other. And it just sounds lush and, and like just really nice. But you don't hear the wobble so much because of how you set up the phases. Yeah, I get it. I like the chorus pedals that you could actually split, and you have two different sounds coming out of two different amps. Thus, well, gives you this. You know, it does have yeah, it does have stereo output, but it doesn't do it like you're saying it does. Interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. No, it does. Um, what um, the something like the MXR stereo chorus or the Boss C three or Swindlers the Golf. Yeah, those that. ones do. You're, oh. It does stereo chorus. It's that Swindler Golf is great. Yes, absolutely. Great. Thanks for giving them a shout. Swindler, great pedal. Oh, yeah. Everybody. And Drew is a fantastic person. Dude. Yeah, he's, he's just a super awesome nice guy. dude. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing all of your brainiacness and your good humor and your awesome engineering through your pedals. Everybody, please make sure you go check out Demodash pedals, check out the T120. Uh, deluxe or standard, as well as the 112 Plus Drive. We are going to ask ourselves a very important question right now. Jared? Okay, it's time for Would You Rather? This one's brought to us by our friend, Cody Lane. And the Would You Rather is, when you pass, as in die, and hopefully at an old age, of course, Ooh. You had written in your will that you wanted your remains to be cremated and repurposed. Would you rather <laughs> have your ashes mixed in materials to press your own custom vinyl, oh. as in a vinyl record? Yes. Or have them made into components to your favorite effects pedal of all time? Wow. I don't know how they do that, but sure. Yeah. Choose what, and, and this is what he advises us on this. Would you rather choose wisely to spook the grooves or haunt 
the fusion licks played by your loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's that might be the craziest one we've got yet. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. That's pretty fun. Okay, so to recap, you you're dead. You die. You you get you're you, you cremated. You you get made yeah. into a record, or little, you get made into a pedal. You're stuff. a pile of ashes. Yes, Tony Baloney. You have the first spin at this. See, I always have to go first, and everyone then goes opposite <laughs> me. That's not true. It makes me cry. I go That's home. Not true. I, I had. I. 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 I can't take it anymore. I, I, I like the idea of vinyl. Okay. Although I think I might make scratches from the ashes. Okay. It would be. Right. Oh, right. you could haunt them. Yes. I buried Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I trapped the owl. Wolf. Uh, that's right. I like that. I like that idea better than owl. <laughs> cool. The record thing. Yeah, what, cool. what color? What color vinyl would you press if it was you? If it was me, would red. it be baloney colored? <laughs> baloney. <laughs> it would no, it would be red. Yeah. Uh, Jared, how about yourself? I don't know how they're gonna do the. Uh, don't worry about that. It's not part of the. You, you got possession. The assumption assumption is that it's possible. They'll yes. just they'll just take a some ordinary pedal and dump the ashes inside the pedal. That could work. Put the lid back on. Yeah. Uh, in That's that how case, you protect the you circuit. Know, make me a vinyl record. Yeah. No one's gonna play it because no one owns a record player anymore. But what are you talking about? We're in the age of re- the the renaissance of vinyl. Hello. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're do a record. the record. What and, color uh, vinyl are you? Um, Purple. Got it. Purple. Purple sparkle. All right. Uh, Steve, how about yourself? Oh, electronic components easily. I can add that to my post bucket list. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're bu- you add that to your, now, <laughs> your post you, bucket list. Do you oh, have, you know, oh, yeah. No, I should explain. Sorry. List? Is that what No, no. Ah. So um, I just plan to get really rich, right? Right. And so when I die, I'm going to have a post bucket list. And what it is, is it's a list of requirements that somebody has to do to get my inheritance. Oh, I like that. That'd be so a great So like movie. skydiving in New Zealand, oh. but they have to take me with them. Yeah. yeah my corpse, I guess. That, that would be weird and gross. Yeah. They, well, they can choose to use, like, take the head only, but that might be weird. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Is this, is this the Halloween episode? A weird <laughs> Japanese movie. Um, okay. Well, as for me, I'm, you know. Hey, what, what about you, Todd? Thank you. As much as I do love pedals, I, I think the idea of being pressed into a record would be pretty neat. Okay, but what about going skydiving with a head? <laughs> that's uh, some people. Uh, in fact, I think Cody Lane might think that that's actually pretty neat. Uh, but uh, as for me, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna get pressed into a, a neat and and mine will be uh, clear with the with the orange splash through it. Yes, I you know with the head thing <laughs> that, that no, would be cool not. if. When you finally land, there was a basketball hoop set up, and you oh, had yeah. to dunk the head. Yeah. Oh, I'd be Why yeah. are we talking? You, you grotesque people. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve, where can people find your wares out there? Skydiving in New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> With head. Or the internet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like my name. Yep. Uh, Demodash, and then effects, like the word. Uh-huh. Not like the letters. 
Awesome. Sweet. And that is D-E-M-E-D-A-S-H, Demidash. Now, Tony, we got a couple people to thank real quick here. We do. At this point in the show, we like to thank a special (laughs) group of people. These would be our executive producers. And uh, you go, what's an executive producer? Yeah. It's an important name. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs, and you will find several levels that you can participate and become a patron of this fine American podcast. That's right. The the biggest level, the the most beneficial to us and to your soul Mm -hmm. is that of the executive producer. Mm -hmm. So in addition to all these great little swag packages that you get, T-shirts, barefoots, buttons, and stickers, and pics, and all kinds of stuff, the executive producers get one thing more. It's awesome, too. What is it? Well, they get to have their name right on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. And they can win stuff. Oh! giving away stuff all the time now. I forgot about the the giveaways. fantastic. Watch the videos on social media. Yeah, you'll see it. Okay, go ahead, Tony. Hit oh, it. See, now, now I'm, I'm I'm just all out of sorts. It's exciting. We got new people. Oh, I, I hadn't thought of the, the giveaways. I can't wait to hear the new executive producer names. Well, there is, coincidentally, a new executive producer today. Okay. He gets his name right on the His thing. name is Cody Foster. Hey, Cody, welcome. Welcome, welcome Cody Foster. Let's go through the list. Yeah. Uh, Cody Lane. Also, another Cody, yeah, cryptic Cody, and uh, provided us with a lovely "Would you rather?" Yep. Uh, How about Justin Jones? Justin Jones, Tommy Manasco, David Kaminga, yeah, Doug Gann, Tim Nowak, John Esterly, Chris Idle, Tyg Harmon, Tyler Bray, John Anglin, Anthony Lanthrop, Johnny Knowles, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk. Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Ken Sayers, Corin Agro, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Chris Kearney, Sean S. 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 John Daly, Martin Cliff, and Tom Barazin. All right. Hey, we, we love you guys. We've been saying some of those names for a very long time. Yeah. I, I, I truly cannot thank you enough i we we say this every week i write notes i try to make sure that we're doing everything we can to stay in connection with our executive producers and even and 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 everybody who's contributing we thank you so very much we are going to be in our last week in this studio next week and then we got to find a new home and that's going to be kind of difficult so uh, we're going to do the best we can but we would not be able to do it with your help and we truly truly thank you uh tony where can people find you let's go over to Mm pickguardian.com that's a good website you can see some of the things that i offer and if there's something that you need that isn't on there just shoot me an email i will take care of you Personally. Perfect. And you can also see some of the projects we've talked about on my Instagram account. That's Pick Guardian and the number one. Perfect. Jared. Oh, man. Look me up on the internet or Instagram. Jared uh, at BrandonWallPickups.com is my email. And uh, check out my website. It's BrandonWallPickups.com. Cool stuff. Instagram, there's always cool old vintage rewinds that I'm showing off because it's cool. Check me out. 
Awesome pickups, awesome pickups. And you can throw yeah. me a line, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. Uh, that's my email. You can also DM me on Instagram. We love hearing from you. We love share uh, when you share things with us. Send us your would you rathers. We'd love to read them. Steve, thank you again, uh, truly, for your, for your time and for making these awesome pedals. They're outstanding. We hope everybody makes sure to go out and check those out. I hope you had a good time, Steve. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good, good. Uh, everybody have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you see that? Oh, my God. Close to my dog might start scratching at it. It happens. We, we actually get the animal thing a lot. Yeah, he's a, he's a good one. He's a hot mm. one. He's a hot one. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got the largest kitty litter box in the world for Jared. <laughs> Um, Come on. Yet again, how my scientific brain prevails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me stupid. <laughs> and everyone thinks it's a turd. Yes. <clears throat> so, that was the abbreviated yeah. version. Yeah. It was, I've got a bucket of <clears throat> that I keep that I'm just going <laughs> to unleash at the end of the year. And yeah. thanks for saving the owl. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time